In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. As we head into fall and many kids head back to school, I'm reminded about the structure of life that we sometimes look forward to this time of year because of that expectation. Like we know what to expect and things seem to be predictable. It's a little bit of a settling in period with some maybe rebellious moments when we strive to cling on to any strand of summer. One of the fun changes I've witnessed this summer was the transformation of a caterpillar into a monarch butterfly. And I think it actually reminded me of the theme for this episode and that there's so much power in slowing down and allowing things to emerge. And I kind of chuckled as I was creating a reel on Instagram about this whole transition because I was starting to feel like I think I'm the caterpillar where I just want to like eat everything in sight and I'm just waiting for the settling in period. However, I mean, kind of aside, I'm just really grateful that we had an abundant supply of milkweed at our house and we're able to keep that little fella plump this summer because the chrysalis phase is so fascinating. We don't often see or hear about the messy middle. You know, there's really nothing happening that's really exciting or shareable. It's kind of just things are between the the start or the launch and, and not quite ready, right? So as we observed this with the caterpillar, and while we were excited about the chrysalis forming, the kids quickly grew bored of it and were just kind of ready to release the butterfly already. I thought about this in relationship to where we are in life with our lifestyle choices, our kids' interests, our skill development, the ability for society to just get bored, the glorification of accomplishing goals. We often just like want to get to the good part, right? There aren't a lot of resources to support that in-between stage beyond beginning, but not expert. You know, I would often describe myself as intermediate in so many different places in adventure, like as a skier and as a hiker and as a biker, I'm always just kind of like, eh, I'm just intermediate. I'm just kind of in that middle. I'm beyond the getting started point, but I'm not really interested in that hardcore stuff either. And maybe that's the place for Ordinary Sherpa, a community of in-betweeners that supports growth and discovery of adventure. Maybe we're a community that can help out with the messy middle. I'm going to be creating a live community event coming up the end of the month. And it, it's all about kind of if you're in this middle stage, if you want to launch off, I don't know, maybe a extensive travel or some type of lifestyle gap or uh, this art of slowing down. It's helpful, I think, to have a community. And, and actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode. So uh, I'll put that information in the show notes. You'll probably hear more about it in an upcoming episode. But I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that middle, that middle section of beyond the launch, losing our patience sometimes, but also not aspiring to be these hardcore butterflies that fly across the country, we we might just want to like sit in the carousel for a while. And I hope this is making sense. 
because that's kind of where I feel life is right now. I'm kind of in this chrysalis state and I want to own it and allow it to emerge as opposed to rushing through this phase of life. And to have that conversation today is Jess with the Fineers. And Jess, as I will quickly introduce, is someone I've met in the FI space or financial independence space. And really, it's about on the path to financial independence, about this lifestyle that you can design to align with what you value. And it has a lot to do more with your choices and your values than it does about money and a number. And I think this conversation will be one worth sharing. I am fortunate to have known Jess for a couple of years through her content, but then also interacting with her more and more on her own journey. Jessica is a full-time human being and part-time lifestyle design coach and the writer of the award-winning blog, The Pioneers. Jessica's goal is to build a life she doesn't want to retire from and help others do the same through her writing, courses, and group coaching. Jess has been featured in Market Watch, Business Insider, The Motley Fool, and Forbes. When not writing and coaching, you can find her perfecting her sourdough pizza recipe, road tripping in her camper van with her husband and dog, and playing complex cooperative board games. Perfect ideas and exciting to have you here today, Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation because I think when I first, oh gosh, it was probably several years ago. How long have you been writing for? Oh, I started the blog in 2018, so about four years now. Yeah, and I think your story was one that I realized um, it's kind of nice to have a friend who's stuck and learning through the journey, (laughs) and I, I hope that doesn't come across wrong, but like, there's a lot of times when you're on this pursuit of financial independence that it can be really exhausting and feel like it's just such a long slog. And your story kind of gave me permission to think about the journey a little bit differently. Can you talk just a little bit about where you were getting stuck in the journey and how you kind of came to your own path, I guess? Sure. Yeah. So I first learned about financial independence in like late 2017, early 2018. And at the time, all of the messages that I felt like I was receiving through books and the media and blogs were that you needed to decrease your spending to as low as you absolutely could, increase your income, and that the goal was to get to financial independence as fast as possible. And you might need to deprive yourself along the way, right? So that was how I had heard about it. And when that was the message for me, I was like, I'm not I'm not into this, right? At the time, I was already in a pretty toxic work environment, working more than full-time, commuting a pretty good distance. And I knew that I needed a change pretty quickly, And I wasn't going to be able to stay in the same situation that I was in for another 10 years. What I will say is that I was inspired by financial independence at the time to say, what would I really want to do if I didn't need to work for income, if I was financially independent? Because I think I had gotten so far away from knowing who I was anymore that that was a question that I did not have an answer to. But It wasn't until I realized that I could start making changes in my life right now 
that I decided that pursuing financial freedom and financial independence was actually worth it to me. When you talk about some of those changes, were there, I mean, it sounds like work was a pain point potentially in your life and burnout sounds like it's coming through. What did you decide to do or how did you take action then on starting to figure out what your ideal life looked like? Yeah. So it it was interesting because I started out doing some reflection and journaling and sort of figuring out what are my core values and the the pillars that I wanted to like take into this sort of new vision that I had. But at the time I wasn't like I had no idea how to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was coming up with some of these things and realizing life could be better, but I really had no idea. Everything came to a head in mid-2018 when I started experiencing some pretty severe anxiety and panic attacks, you know, and that sort of threw me in a situation that was like, I need to pretty immediately figure out something. It's not like, oh, I can make a plan and over the next five years, I can figure out how to get from here to there. It was, I need to get out of this job today. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in my life that I looked at my finances in a way that was like, what can my money do for me today? And that was really empowering. I think I looked at that and realized, wow, we have a nine months of expenses worth in an emergency fund. And at the time, increasing our income and increasing our savings and saving close to 50% of our income at the time. So then I was able to say, wow, my husband and I both generate about the same amount of income. If we lost all of my income, we would be okay for a period of time. It was that transition to say, what can my money do for me today without jeopardizing, right, my long-term goal of a comfortable traditional retirement that really enabled me to say, how can I make these changes now? So I ended up taking six months off of a career break. So I at the time was able to receive a medical leave um, and some disability insurance, which actually was quite helpful. And then ultimately decided to quit the job that was sort of causing all of that anxiety in the first place. And then at that time, I decided to go back to work part-time. And at first that was thinking, okay, I will go back to work three days a week for six months while my mental health continues to improve. And then at the time, I started to learn about semi-retirement and coast financial independence. And I was really inspired by CoastFi, which is the point at which you no longer need to save for your traditional retirement. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have enough saved and invested that it will grow if you don't touch it between now and then. And when I realized that, um, the implication of that was that we only needed to cover our actual costs if we wanted to have a comfortable traditional retirement. And so for me, that gave me this feeling of freedom to say, okay, I don't need to increase my hours. I could continue to work part-time for as long as I wanted to. That was, I think, the first set of transitions for me, going from this life where it was really stressful, anxiety-producing, in a toxic, more-than-full-time job, to 
realizing that I could use my money to design an adventurous life that I actually enjoyed today. And that is so exciting because I think we are probably similar. First of all, I want to do, we're going to dive into COSFI in just a second, Mm -hmm. just to give you a heads up because I I will put some resources in there, but I think if you haven't heard of COSFI, there might be some people asking some questions. So we'll come back to that in just a second. But when you said it gave me permission, and I think that was, as I've been following you, I think your story inspired me to also think different about, I want to live this adventurous life. And I had a vision of what I thought that might be, but it felt so hard to get there. And then I realized, well, all those things that I actually want, I can do those today. And I don't necessarily have to wait and trudge through the marsh of just stuff, right, to figure it out. Like I could actually start testing those now. And that was pretty empowering. That's fascinating. So we're going to continue on this. Let's talk about Coast Fi and semi-retirement for just a second. Let's talk about the nuance between those. Coast Fi, you already alluded to, is, is a point, and there's a formula, correct, that Yes. I can stop saving, so to speak, and still be on a path for a traditional retirement. Is that the way you would describe it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I do have a Coastify calculator that I can share with you and put that you can put in the show notes. But basically, it's, it's dependent on what your age is currently, what your desired retirement age is. So, what's the time horizon? that you have for that money to grow. Um, And then it depends on what your actual expenses are and what you expect those expenses to be. Basically, it says, what's the number that I need today to reach my full financial independence number in that time horizon that I have between today and my traditional retirement date? Yeah. Awesome. And then how would you describe the difference between that and semi-retirement? Yeah. So semi-retirement's an interesting one. Um, some people call it barista fire. Um, and I think of that as you've reached Coast Buy and you've saved more, right? So you're you're sort of past the place that you've reached, reached that Coast Buy place. And you're you are withdrawing some of the money from your portfolio to help cover your costs of living, and you're continuing to generate active income. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I have a friend who decided to semi-retire instead of reaching her full fire number, but she realized that she could retire early, quote unquote, or semi-retire today, and she'd need to generate about $10,000 a year of active income to supplement that to ensure she would still reach her full financial freedom number by a traditional retirement age. And so for her, that felt like, wow, like this is a no-brainer for me because I could generate $10,000 a year right, walking dogs or opening up new bank accounts or credit cards or doing a month or two of consulting in my industry or something like that. And so mm-hmm. that's how I would describe semi-retirement. Yeah. And I'm when you see it like that, I think so many people's fear is I have to replace what I'm making now in order to actually leave this job. And what you just demonstrated is maybe not, right? Yes. <laughs> maybe we can look at this differently. And I talk a little bit about how we came to this conclusion in both my husband and I, as we chose to leave our jobs coming up here at the end of the year. In And I'll put the link to that episode here in the show notes as well. But 
It's really empowering when you realize, oh, I don't have to replace my full salary. I just need this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece to that is I also realize like I can go back to work if I have to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't have, this isn't like full <laughs> retirement. I can get another job if like the worst case scenario happens. So it's also been really interesting to think through all those limiting beliefs that keep us in our place, keep us stuck and not progressing as we wish. In your case, you know, really feeling like you had to stay in this burned out position potentially too long that led to other issues. And I know you've talked a lot about your health. How do you prioritize your health now? And how is that kind of an active consideration in your lifestyle design? Yeah, for sure. So Moving from when I was working part time, that was really helpful for me because I had, you know, basically four day weekends every week that would allow me to go to therapy, do all of my doctor's appointments. I have dealt with some chronic pain issues. And so going to physical therapy and, you know, those sorts of things, it provided me with the time to do that. And then when my mental health improved, then I felt like I had some additional time, right, to be able to focus on passion projects and things that I wanted to do. I wasn't just focusing on getting myself back to a good baseline. And so then at that point, I decided to start my coaching business on the side of my part-time job. A little less than a year after starting that, I was able to actually take the leap and become fully self-employed. And so I've been fully self-employed for about a year and a half now. I work about 25 hours a week. And so that does give me plenty of time to do a lot of the sort of activities that help me with my health. But then also ensuring that I'm reducing the stress also helps a lot as well. I love that you mentioned, and because I, I think health is one of those things that um, gets a should in our lives. And I don't like to use that word should, mm-hmm. but I should be healthier. I should be this. And sometimes we just need to like flip that, right? No, I don't need to, sh- I'm not going to should on myself is what I've heard a lot of people say. And I know I've used that. Yeah. How did you flip that? What were the things that you decided then were more empowering instead of like that should language? Yeah. How did you flip it to really focus on the things that were more empowering for you? Yeah. So for me, it was, I deserve to be pain-free and I deserve to live a thriving and joyful life. Mm. Right. And so then from there, it was less about the specific things that society told me that I should do, you know, exercise and eating healthy and, you know, all of those things. But it was saying, I've dealt with chronic pain and sort of chronic illnesses for a good long while. And so saying, and it took a while, it took me a couple of years to get to a point where I was able to like say that I deserve to be pain-free. That was my goal. It was hard to say that that was my goal without knowing it was possible at first, Mm -hmm. right? But over time, I think that's now really my guidepost to say, to take specific actions, right? And so this year I decided to do a life-changing foot surgery, which, you know, has been incredible and has taken me from being able to walk like a maximum of one mile at a time to on our most recent vacation, getting to take a four and a half mile hike Hmm. um, with a break in the middle. And then on the 
sort of mental wellness side, thinking like, I deserve to live a thriving life. And that includes staying in touch with my emotions and, you know, being present in the moment and knowing what I truly value and, you know, aligning my time to those things. And so I guess it's a lot of it's about being intentional and making intentional decisions in alignment with those beliefs. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so powerful. Obviously a key takeaway right there. Um, can you also talk through, because the other thing I've learned just in working through your Design a Life program and, and coaching with you is how you kind of approach your day and your week. And you don't have to go into great detail, but what would be an example of like, how do you stay intentional? There's so many things that distract our time. So when you're finding yourself getting like a little, you know, scurry or your head's kind of racing, what are some of the practices you use on a day to like say, okay, I deserve to be pain-free. I deserve to thrive. How do you do those? What are some of the practices you use to help? You mentioned earlier journaling, but I just kind of would love to hear, like, what does your practice look like? Sure. Yeah. And this is a great question. So I think part of it, it stems from having this overall vision, right, for the things that, for what I want my life to look like and the things that I believe that I deserve, right? And so that can't come usually from this, an annual planning process and sort of visioning process that I do each year and then translate that into what are some of the concrete things that I'm going to do. On a week by week and day to day basis, I'm taking those things that I said, okay, here's how I've translated my big vision that I'm working toward into the day to day activities, sort of map them out onto the weeks and onto each day of the week. But then daily, I have this like super quick five-minute morning ritual, right, where I look at here's what I'm trying to accomplish and here's the sort of values behind it. And then I always ask myself, how am I doing today? And therefore, is there anything that I need to change or do in my day based on that, Mm -hmm. right? And so if I'm tired, then there's a good chance I'm going to switch things up for the week. Or if I'm really excited, then I'll be ready to, you know, get into things. But I think there's a something about paying attention on a daily basis to sort of keep track of where I am, what do I want to be doing, and what is going to be the optimal way for me to continue to work toward my vision while taking into account the ways that I'm feeling right now and wanting my day-to-day life to also feel spacious and fun and engaging and adventurous. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I think that's a helpful thought just to consider how much, you know, it's easy to just kind of drift through life and feel this pressure of our goals Mm -hmm. or our visions, but the intentionality and the practice of doing something each day, just to kind of look, I've noticed a lot when I am just scurry, like my head is racing or I'm not in a good place, the art of just sitting down and having like quiet time to myself and writing in my journal or whatever that looks like, it just helps my brain take a deep breath and say, Mm -hmm. it's okay, Heidi, you got this. Like, let's just 
decompress. Those are a lot of thoughts in there. You know, that's not necessarily what it actually is today. So I really appreciate that. And I know things like journaling and things like mindfulness are things you've also mentioned in your design a life program. So I think it's really helpful to, to see the concrete steps of how do you put those into action yeah. with a vision. Yeah. One thing that I would say is I, I definitely think it's easier now given that I am self-employed. So I do have more control over how I spend my time. But I do know that this type of practice is very helpful and was very helpful for me when I was employed in a traditional job as well. I didn't always have as much freedom to be able to say, you know, so here's how I'm going to adapt my day, right? I wasn't able to always to say, okay, so I'm going to not work for the morning or something like that. Like <laughs> there were certainly days that I could say, okay, I'm going to take a day off from a traditional job. But sometimes it was enough to say, okay, I'm feeling a certain way today. So that means I am going to focus on eating a balanced breakfast today, or I'm going to take a walk on my own during the workday today, right? So figuring out small things to be able to make the day better if things aren't going, you know, if you're feeling kind of down in the morning. Yeah. Great reminders. Thank you for that. Let's talk about some of the things now that you do choose to do to fill up your cup or to fill your space. Like you said, I love to have a little bit of space in my day and fun in my day. So what are the things that bring you joy and how does your life look like or what are you working towards right now? You alluded to some of those activities in your bio, but what are some of the things in your ideal life, like what are you living out right now that's really fun for you? Yeah. So we recently built out um, a camper van, which has been sort of a long time in the making. I remember writing a blog post back in 2018 where I talked about like I would love to live a semi-nomadic lifestyle with a home base where we could travel the world and, you know, different kinds of things. And we even talked about like maybe we would even want to travel around in an RV someday, right? And so it it took us a while to get to this point where, you know, we decided, okay, we want to try to do the camper van thing and figured out that we wanted to do that instead of some international travel at the moment. A lot of it was because of COVID pushed us in this direction. Mm-hmm. But then also doing an experiment of renting a van and then figuring out you know, how we want to lay out and everything for our van. So, yeah, so we're excited to finally have that. And we recently returned from a three-week road trip up to Maritime Canada, which was a lot of fun. And that for us was total vacation. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't do any work while we were on that trip. But now we're starting to then experiment this fall with working from the van and from the road and seeing how that how that will work so that we will be able to take longer trips while even potentially while my husband is still working full time in a traditional job as well. So yeah, so so travel and adventure is definitely a huge thing for us. But one thing that I would say too is I think we're not only doing travel and adventure when we can take big three week trips. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think for me, it's really important to be able to say, like, how can I do something adventurous in my own neighborhood? Right. Instead of taking my, 
usual walk in the park, you know, on the bike path on the in the park across the street, I'm going to go to the Arboretum or I'm going to drive 20 minutes to take that, you know, hike that goes to the Overlook that, right, like that kind of thing. So even on a daily basis saying, what does adventure mean for me today? And sometimes that means grabbing my hammock and hanging it from trees in the park across the street. Or sometimes that means Mm -hmm. I'm going to try a new pizza recipe or I'm going to go blueberry picking with a friend, like getting out of the sort of day-to-day things into, you know, doing things that we don't always do also feels like little adventurous for me. I would agree. That is, it's empowering, I think, because so often, at least when I was thinking about, like, I had this lust to travel because I love the experience of traveling, but also how I was on travel. And then it kind of started to sink in, like, well, I don't just need to be that way when I'm traveling. Like I can do these things all the time. Why am I waiting mm-hmm. to travel or why am I feeling like that has to happen within this window? And so I love that you give those examples too. I was actually going to ask like, so how has your camper van really influenced where you want to go in life or what are the things you want to experience? Has it changed your perspective and, and what you initially started your lifestyle design or what your vision of life would look like? Has it changed at all now that you've done some of the camper vanning or is it just reinforced what you already knew? That's a really good question. I think in some ways it's it's reinforced it because I adventure has always been one of the values that I hold. Like I want to be and I want to feel adventurous and I want to see beautiful things and I want to appreciate them and be totally in the moment, right? Those are all of the things that I love about traveling. And also there's so many ways that I can do that without traveling, mm-hmm. right? So that's definitely one of the things. And then I think too, I think part of it was, well, I want to travel everywhere. I want to travel to all 50 states. I want to go to every national park. I want to, you know, like I, I definitely am someone who like makes lists mm-hmm. um, and then is like, I want to tick off all of the things on the lists. But I think even only having the camper van for the last several months, I think I've started to realize, you know, like I was originally like, okay, we're going to take two months off next year and we're going to go out West and we're going to go to all of the like Utah national parks and, you know, all of those things. And then in my mind now I'm like, well, we could do that. Or if we end up being able to take the time off at a different time, then we can go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me now, it seems it feels like it's less about the specific thing and more about am I getting to experience something that's allowing me to, you know, live this adventurous life and be fully present yeah. with the people that I'm with, regardless of where that happens. Right. And I still want to do yeah. all of those things, but it's it's less so a like I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like those things are still there. They might just not be on the pedestal or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we had um, a similar experience. I don't know that I've talked about this yet, but we, um, when we were RVing, we went to Banff, which has been on my list forever. And it was gorgeous and wonderful. And I still encourage people, you know, that there are beautiful places and I, I would encourage you to go visit. And the day we left Banff, we ended up in this really small town on the other side of the Rockies that I'd never heard of. And it had an amazing bookstore and this cool wooden bridge. And I was like, 
I never would have thought to come here. You know, if my mm-hmm. life was only about the destinations or the things that I wanted to see as fast as possible, which was kind of how my old travel brain worked. Mm. By slowing down, I'm now able to have like these really deep, I wouldn't, I don't want to say more intimate, but like really meaningful experiences that aren't all about the place. It's more about like, how do I feel in this moment? And that intentionality about being present really has allowed it to be a much richer experience. So I think it's really fascinating that you mentioned those examples too, to say, you know, I could be that. And what if it's also something else? Or what if I get there someday <laughs> instead of next year? I think it's really given us a different perspective. And is I didn't expect that. I didn't know going into this work that that would be how we would feel about this. So it's it's very fascinating. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's like there's less of a hurry because I know, right, based on the way that I'm designing my life, that I will have many more opportunities. Like this is not that like it is not necessarily a once in a lifetime opportunity. Whereas I think back to like 2017 when my husband and I went, we did a two week trip to Europe. And to me at the time, I knew nothing about financial independence. I was in that toxic job. I thought I was going to have to work full time for a company until I was 60, right? And so to me, it was like, oh my gosh, two weeks, this is a once in a lifetime experience. And what's crazy about it is because I thought that it was a once in a lifetime experience, I was like, I have to do all of the things. And that was the experience where I walked too much, I did too many things, and then I got a pinched nerve in my foot, which was the, which I got fixed finally this year. Right. And so it's that being able to see that like old mindset to the new mindset of the old mindset being like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if I hurt myself because I'll never get to do this again. And now I have so many opportunities to be able to do this in the future because of the way that I've designed my life and the way that pursuing this Coast Fi path that now it's more about I'm going to experience this, but I'm going to make sure that I'm experiencing this in a way that feels really good to me and is taking care of myself and my health. And so I can continue to do these things long into the future. Yeah. So you just alluded to something I think that has massive power. And that is maybe just in the context of travel, you talk about like, I don't have to be in as big of a hurry, right? It's not this, Mm -hmm. I don't have to view it as a once in a lifetime experience. And it's led to a lot of learning because of that. Let's talk about slowing down. Let's talk about, you know, what that has meant to your life and really how you see that as being a power play potentially for your future. How did you come to the state of really recognizing the value of slowness. And maybe we can even come full circle. So that's part one, but maybe come back full circle to even on your path to financial independence. I know you've talked a lot about slowing down. Let's just kind of talk through how did you get there and what are you learning from this and the power of slowing down as a part of your lifestyle design? Yeah. So as I alluded to at the beginning, I think for me, the slowing down at first was something that was thrust upon me mm-hmm. because I started experiencing the panic attacks and the anxiety. And at that point in time, 
I basically needed to remove everything from my life and then decide what I want to put back in over time. And so for me, that was a really powerful activity to, you know, need to work through, well, what do I want to put back into my life? And I know that not everyone gets that same opportunity, but looking back now, I wish, and I feel like the message that I want to share with people is you don't actually need to go through something that sort of externally pushes you to make a significant life change, or specifically in my case, to slow down and design a much more intentional life for yourself. I could have taken steps to do that a lot earlier had I realized that I could, right? Had I been motivated to do that. But I think the biggest part was realizing what the options were um, that were actually available to me and then having the courage to be able to actually take hold of those options. And so I I would definitely encourage all of your listeners who are hearing this to say, like, how could you build a more intentional life and to slow down right now? And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing like it was for me. It could be what's one small thing that I could do less of immediately. And then that then compounds because it gives us more space to say, okay, what do I actually want in my life, right? And it allows us more space to be able to take action toward those things. And it's a virtuous process or a virtuous cycle that can unfold over time as you figure out what you want, reduce the things that you don't want in your life that can give you more space to focus on the things that you do and just continuing that process over time. That's fantastic. Yeah, we did something. It's funny that we have very similar approaches to this work, even though I wasn't following your path and you weren't following my path, I don't think, in the process. I did not have an external factor really thrust upon me. And so it was kind of funny because Mm -hmm. I also was stuck because I was like, I have a good life. I have a good job. I don't necessarily feel burned out. I'm not getting fired. I'm not, you know, it's like all these things. And it was almost like I had to figure out what my path was going to look like. And so I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you don't have to have these external factors forcing you to slow down. You can actually choose to slow down Mm -hmm. and be more intentional about the steps you take. So that has been really fascinating. And I I love, and, and, you know, the way I got there was a little bit different than the way you got there, but it's really helpful, I think, to have these tools available to us and know what other people are doing and how they got there. I, I just really appreciate you sharing all of that. Is there anything else that you hoped I was going to ask or you wanted to share with my listeners that I haven't asked? You know, I think the only other thing that that I would mention, I think this builds on what you were talking about before, was just how important it is to build a like-minded community of people who can help push you forward. I think, and I know you said this in, in one of your last podcasts, was feeling like people just don't always understand you and what you're doing. And it's not necessarily your responsibility to help them understand, right? Or or to like bring them along in that process. Mm-hmm. But it's also life-changing when you do find the people who do understand, mm-hmm. right? And who who are like, oh yeah, that would be awesome. You can absolutely do that, right? Rather than the people who are like, well, safer is always better, And so, 
so I guess that's, I think, the last thing that I would say is finding the community of people who really will encourage you to live the, the life that you want is so incredibly valuable. Yeah. Thank you for that. We're going to have to have a follow-up episode, I think, and just talking about that because I think that's hard for some people, right? It's like, how do you find your tribe? How do you find the people who do support you? How do you find those when you you feel like you're sometimes alone or on an island? I joked a little bit that part of the reason I started Ordinary Sherpa was there's a quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And during quarantine, it was like my husband and three kids. And I was like, my average needs to go up. Like, (laughs) I need someone to challenge me. Like, I need something different. So it's just kind of funny that um, the power of community has really been a game changer. I think exponentially finding people like yourself to interact with and ask questions and and feel supported in the process has really Mm -hmm. changed the dynamics and the trajectory at which we are moving at now. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it helps provide examples. Mm -hmm. Like knowing people who have done some of these things and realizing like, oh, these people are not so much different from me is for me was incredibly helpful as well. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Jess, this has been fabulous. Can you share more about where people can find you, where they can connect with you? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So I can be found on my website, which is thefioneers.com. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Pioneers and have a private Facebook group for people who are interested in financial freedom and designing their life along the way. Um, that's called Slow Fi Enthusiasts, and you can find that at thefioneers.com slash FB for Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. And if you aren't already on her email list, I'll also encourage. That's another great, I think getting a little dose of your brain in my inbox each week is really helpful. <laughs> it's it's caught me a couple of times. I'm like, it's oh yeah, I needed that one today. I didn't even know I needed it. So all of those are great. Thank you so much, Jess, for being on the show. And for my listeners, go ahead, reach out to her, connect with her. She's a massive amount of not just information, but she's just inspirational to listen to and hear her story. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for this, Jess. I have 10 key takeaways from this episode. Number one, financial independence or the idea of increasing income, decreasing spending, and accelerating your savings can sometimes feel like deprivation. Jess saw FI or FI as a tool to inspire her to consider what would I really want out of life? Developing that vision helped her establish how to get from here to there. Number two, following some challenges with her mental health, she needed to make immediate changes, and it was the first time she was able to look at her money and ask, what can my money do for me today? Recognizing she had a nine-month saving runway, she could take a career break. This gave her the freedom to focus on her health, and once that was in a good place, she could begin to add in passion work from her life vision. Number three, Coast Fi is the point at which you no longer need to save and can still be on track for traditional retirement. Semi-retirement, sometimes known as Barista Fi, is a higher amount overall through the combination of drawing down and a smaller amount of active income where you are able to potentially step back from traditional employment. Number four, two of the empowering beliefs that helped guide her vision were, I deserve to be pain-free and I deserve to live a thriving and joyful life. Number five, part of living into that vision is paying attention on a daily basis, not only from to-do list perspective, but being intentional about having fun and having spacious time. 
Number six, I learned that doing travel and adventure didn't have to only be big trips. She began asking, how can I do this every day? What does adventure mean today? Number seven, recognizing that travel doesn't have to be a hurry. She stopped viewing travel as a once in a lifetime experience. She referenced a two-week vacation in Europe that led to her feeling like she had to do all of the things that actually led to other problems. Number eight, slowing down came as a necessity for her to remove everything and ask herself, what do I want to add back in? She recognizes that you don't need to have an external crisis to go through this process. The power is in realizing you have options and having the courage to take action. Number nine, being intentional allowed her to reduce what she didn't want to do and then gave her space to test what she did want to do. It can be a virtuous cycle to build upon. Number 10, Jess speaks highly of the importance of building community of like-minded people. It's life-changing when you can find people who do understand and see the different examples of what is possible. This is the community of building, hopefully, a supportive group of people who understand what this lifestyle could look like, an adventurous lifestyle with kids. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I'm going to be doing a live session coming up the end of the month. And the best way to find out about that and stay in tune with what's going on is to be on my email list. And that is OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe. Again, that'll be in the show notes along with several of the other resources that Jess mentioned here today. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you are off having some fun little adventure. And even if, even if we're getting back into routine, how might we make just a little bit of time in our day every day for a little bit of space and a little bit of adventure? Until next week, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.